You're listening to the DGD Podcast. Sponsored by La Touraine. Here's your hosts, Robert Reynolds and Juan Daniels. Welcome back to the DGD podcast. Before we even get started with today's show, just letting you know, Kirby Smart lets out that Go Dogs tweet uh, in none other than four-star cornerback Justin Rett out of Bishop Gorman in uh, Nevada. Look, uh, probably committed about 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. Uh, hot news right now. Uh, obviously coming off of the G- – he was at G-Day decommitted while at G-Day, and now a week later, my man commits to the dogs for the 23 class. There's a lot to go about this kid. Uh, 6'1", about 200, right? Fits that prototypical what Kirby and, and what Coach Muschamp want at DB. And really, really solid kid. Uh, you know, obviously joining uh, other uh, – Marcus Washington, right? The other cornerback in this class. Uh, Juan, what are your thoughts on this commitment? I know it kind of shocked a lot of us, but – uh, we'll go ahead and get started with that being said. Uh, welcome oh, yeah. to the DG Podcast, folks. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, Notre Dame has to be sick right now, you know, to to, to lose such a such a great player. Um, you know, but but after going and seeing seeing G Day, um, you know what what you saw was a lot of cornerbacks getting tried, uh, and there was a lot of passes that were completed. So if I'm a cornerback, I'm looking like, man, this is probably going to be a place that I'm going to go. Uh, and, and maybe make an impact pretty early and uh, to, to be a part of this great defense and then the atmosphere, that's the biggest is, is, is being a part of this. Atmosphere. They have to be excited about that. Oh, no doubt. Uh, well, you know, obviously today's show, we're going to talk about the uh, NFL draft upcoming this week. Uh, but while we're here, right, let's, let's talk a little bit about G day, right? We didn't talk about G day last week. Uh, there was an interview that took place on our Friday show uh, you know, listen, there was a lot to take in over the weekend, right? You'd have a whole week to process what Georgia's G-Day, you know, what it looked like. Also got to watch our week one opponent, Oregon. Uh, definitely got to see that. So there's a couple names to know uh, from that, which we'll, we'll save for a later time on that one because, you know, let it let things marinate, come, up, come down off of this, you know, spring practice high. Uh, but first, before we do this, I want to talk about G-Day, but first, listen, this show reaches out to more than just Georgia fans. So if you're an Oklahoma fan, listen, I understand Lincoln Riley treated you like an ex-girlfriend. Just It was stupid what he did. But get over it. You have Brent Venables. We know, you, we know you're excited. 75,000 spring game attendance. It's awesome. But that should not highlight your spring game. It should not. Don't let that fool you. They're going to be physical on defense. We know that. It's something that Oklahoma's not used to. But stop with the USC stuff. Please, 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 please stop. Just stop. Anyways, moving back to G-Day. Juan, what were your thoughts on G-Day, man? What were your thoughts on G-Day? Um, I, I'm, I'm an offensive guy. I love the offense. I love the explosion. They're throwing the ball down the field. Uh, you know, you you got Beck on his first drive, you know, with a 60-yard bomb. Those are things that that get receivers excited. Those are the things that, you know, hey, if, if you're going to bring in some top tier receivers, 
those are the types of things that you want to see. The tight ends did a great job. Oscar Delp uh, had a great showing. And, man, what about Eric Gilbert? Good grief, man. He he looked like an absolute monster. Um, and, and so I, I, that's the, those are the things. The, the running backs ran well. The offense looked pretty explosive. And we're missing a lot of key guys offensively. Or they were split up and they were on different teams. So imagine what that's going to look, look like when, and you just have a, a, a whole group that goes out there. Those defensive opponents need to be very, very sure. Absolutely. And as Juan describes his experience over G-Day, I do want to give a shout out to our brigade because they came in hot. Boy, they yes, came in. They I'm going to do, do a little a bit of, of a roll call. A lot of shout outs. We're going to call in a little bit of roll call, folks. Patrick Oliver, Bishop Don, uh, Joel Sanders, Miriam Corbin, Tanil. Uh, Rudes, and yeah, listen, guys, coming in hot. Listen, feel free to drop in comments, give us your thoughts, G Day, everything like this. Uh, already seeing that Tanil saying that, oh, Tanil saying that that GA, that USC Oklahoma feud is hilarious, and also saying, hey, to Rudes, listen, I'm telling you, man, it's unwarranted though. Like, for the first few weeks, it's okay, we understand. After that, you've had a chance to settle down. Don't worry about your don't worry about your ex, right? Worry about your future girlfriend, boyfriend, significant other, shall you say? And move <laughs> on. And listen, it's a bright future in Oklahoma, man. It really is. But nonetheless, Juan, you talked about the injuries at G Day, right? The fact that Eric Gilbert only caught what three passes for two touchdowns. Oscar Delp had himself a day. Mama Delp called it just right, right? Without Brock, without Darnell. You know, it, it, it's mind-boggling, right? And on the defensive side, you know, you saw a lot of youth, right? And we saw that at times, right, especially pass rush. You saw a lot of guys getting a feel for themselves, right? I'm telling you right now, you heard it today, April 25th, Tyreon Ingram Dawkins is going to have a breakout year this year because what I saw is the ability to sit here, create separation, shed blocks, disrupt passing lanes and that's not a sack that's not a quarterback pressure but that right there can be the can be an incompletion on a third down to get your defense off the field just saying that right there and Jalen Carter as expected simple enough simple enough yeah yes indeed I, I see Roots here asked a question you know well he said I didn't get to see anything from G-Day um, anything new from an offensive standpoint from coach what I saw again is just the utilization of the tight ends that that they did, but a lot of a lot of plays to the backs out of the backfield. Uh, something that I loved, uh, you know, wheel route. You have an angle route. Uh, one of the angle routes was 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 uh, open. The guy just dropped the ball, but you know that net that was a sure touchdown. But actually, just throwing the ball down the field is something that I loved seeing. And then of course, you know, you've got. Eric Gilbert going down the middle of the field on those posts. And even though he had, you know, you say three catches, two first downs, he also had two big time pass interference calls that, I mean, you, you have to interfere to keep him from catching the football. But utilizing that is just something that we didn't necessarily see a lot of last year. Um, and then again, just the, the running game, the offensive line actually stepped up uh, and, and did a pretty good job. And then now, you know, I'm looking at it from, from a standpoint of Mims has to come in and, and, and work and fight to get his his position back. Uh, so that's going to be uh, an internal battle that's going to be pretty good. That's only going to make this team that much better. Oh, no doubt. You know, you look at you know, you look at the backs, right? 
it was an emphasis to get J, uh, James Cook, and, and Zamir was a pleasant surprise last season. But, you know, moving forward to this season, right, listen, I am pleasantly surprised to see the touch on those passes to Kendall, Kenny, right? We we expect Kenny McIntosh to receive, you know, be a better receiver, you would think. But Kendall showed exactly why he's that dual threat guy that's probably going to, you know, week one, Starting on, on the offense, you'll probably see that first hope go to Kendall Milton. And that's not a knock to Kenny. It's, we know it's going to rotate in. But it was a pleasant surprise to see that touch and then obviously his ability to utilize this physicality on the same play, right, basically in synchronization. It was beautiful to see. Um, you know, and then defense, right? You take it with a dual-edged dual, a dual edged sword here, right? You see those, you see those you know, backs, right, Kendall, Kenny, getting open in space, right? First, I think like the third throw, Stetson throws bomb to uh, Kenny, Kenny McIntosh uh, for a good game. You know, you worry about the linebackers and that youth, right? And that's expected, and that's okay. They're going to grow. They're going to be better. But if I'm, if I'm an offensive guy, right, you're an offensive guy, <clears throat> show me a linebacker core that's going to be able to cover that, not having to worry about the tight ends as well. That's that's a problem and an offensive problem that's great because you've got too many weapons. So if you want to sit there and throw that, you know, throw the wheel route and have a 12 personnel too tight, right? Sit there and, and force those linebackers to have to figure if you want the tight end or you want the running back. Perfect problem to have. And that's what we're going to see more. Yeah. 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 You're right. Uh, you see, uh, Patrick said, you know, one, if the defense uh, does their job, we're going to get a 63 to three. Uh, this year, calling it now. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's just something Listen. that uh, Patrick and I have been looking forward to is just to have that 63 to three. And, and, and I'm hoping it's against an Oregon. That that would be wonderful. That would be uh, absolutely awesome. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I don't see it happening against Oregon one, but I will do this. I'm going to say Sanford, right? Second, second week, 63 to three. I'll, I'll go ahead and call it now just for Patrick's sake, because I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why the balance and depth on our offense is going to be key there, right? But also tell me why Kirby deep down is going to sit there and show Florida just exactly how to put away a fucking opponent. That's what I'm going to say, right? Yeah. Excuse my oh, language. Yeah. But he's going to show you how to put away an opponent because if you don't remember, uh, you Gator fans had a hard time. You scored 70 points in your swamp and you only won by 18 against Sanford <laughs> last year. Keep that in mind. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do a shout out here as well. Big shout out to uh, Miriam says big shout out to Terrence Edwards coached up uh, Eric and stood by him as a Marietta high alum like Eric. I'm really happy for him. He's going to be amazing. And, and Miriam, I agree with you. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, now the question is how does Todd Munkin use Eric, right? Do you use 13 personnel and ex, you know, exploit him that way? Or do you rotate him in at 12 personnel? Who knows? Right. Do you see him? You know, if, if our receivers are struggling, right, and he gets in game shape, do you move him back out? There's a lot of questions. And there's a lot of football left before our actual game one, practice wise. Food for thought, though. Food for thought. Juan, let's go ahead and jump into this, man. Um, actually, no, we're not. Look at it. Coming in hot with these comments, man. I love it. Miriam also says she hopes we see 14 personnel uh, set this year. How fun would that be? Juan, I'll let you start on that. Talk I, I, to us through this 14 personnel. Man, I, that, that would be outstanding because defensively, what, what can you do to try to defend that? If you have your regular, regular 4-3, regular 
you know, personnel, sometimes nickel, you're going to get the ball ran completely down your throat with all those tight ends out there, out there blocking. And then if you try to bring in a bigger, bigger personnel set uh, to, to, to try to defend that, you've got guys like Brock Bowers, you've got Oscar Delp, you've got uh, Darnell, you also have Eric. Linebackers and strong safeties are not going to be able to cover those guys. Right now, Eric is developing himself to be kind of like the next Pittman that, 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 that Florida had. So what do you do? That, that's, that's a difficult situation. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost so like Lincoln has so many toys to play with. Then you've got your receivers, you got your speedy receivers, you got your backs out of the backfield that, that that's catching the ball. So Munkin right now is just kind of like a kid uh, in, in a toy in a toy store. So many things to do, so many things, to, you know, and as a defensive coordinator, what in the world are you going to do to prepare for it? <laughs> Especially if they go no huddle. Oh, my God. And Miriam, Miriam I'm, with, I'm kind of with Miriam here <clears throat> to an extent. There's nothing you can do. I say one. I say that with one thing, and hear me out on this. There's only one thing you can do. That's get to the quarterback and make sure that they don't, he doesn't get the ball off. Good luck with that offensive line. Is all I'm going to say. Yeah, um, and then well, Roots, Roots, keep keep away ball like middle school with the tallest kids on the field with Eric. I, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I'm bigger than you. You know it. Right. I'm just, <laughs> So obviously, listen, there's a lot to look forward to, uh, you know, current team and everything like that. But we're going to take a trip back to last year and what's about to take place this week. And like I said, this is the topic for the day. We're prepping for the NFL draft, obviously, starting Thursday with night one, two and three uh, rounds, two and three on Friday and then finishing out on Saturday. So what we'll do now, one, we'll go ahead and start with our round one predictions for where our dogs are going to go. Looking at Trayvon Walker is now the favorite to land at the number one overall spot. Ain't that something for a guy that was used all over the place, didn't have the stats that people you know glamour over, just the ability to do everything, could possibly go number one overall. One, first off, before we give our predictions to where we think these guys are going to go, what are your thoughts on Trayvon and actually all these other dogs that were that are getting drafted or that are, have the potential to get drafted? Let's just say because it hasn't happened yet. What are your takeaways on that before we even do this uh, prediction? It really just goes to show how good this football team really was, how good this this defense really was. I mean, it was one of the top all time. And so, if you look at it, uh, so I had the opportunity to listen to Kirby talk at a. Um, at a, at a Gwinnett County function. And what he said, the difference between this defense and the other defenses that he's had before was the evolution of the offense. So right now you've got spread guys running all over the place. You've got all different types of, uh, of, of different offenses. When Kirby was with the Alabamas and the LSUs back in the day, it's a lot of eye formation, a lot of power football, especially in the SEC. But now when you've got these guys spread out, you've got people all over the place, and to see what this defense was able to do was unbelievable. And that's a great transition into the NFL. So they're looking like, man, if they could do this in the SEC, win a national championship against a very good Alabama team, and all these these teams that they played were not slouches. These were not, uh, you know, your your Mary Persons or 
or you know these ionas of the of the world they were top tier teams and so for them to Absolutely. actually do what they were able to do translates or sorry trans you know positions perfect into the nfl yeah i'm looking at it this right here the stigma that georgia can't produce d linemen right we've heard this for up uh, for the past few years easily right you see bama d linemen going and everything like that that shit's about to get put to bed really fast watch with that being said we're going to transition into this we're all right so i think me and juan both agree here that trayvon walker is going to be your top dog off the board Juan, i'm gonna let you start and you predicted that he goes to the texans at pick three tell us why you feel that he goes to the texans at three well, I mean, it, it only makes sense. I mean, if you sit there and look at the Texans, I mean, they've gone above and beyond to draft those defensive guys. The Texans need defense right now, especially losing uh, out on um, the, you know, their their quarterback who ended up leaving. So they're they're looking to shore up that defense, and uh, it just seems like the most perfect fit for for Walker to go. Um, I, I don't see him going first. Unfortunately, although I think he deserves to, but I just see him kind of fall into number three, which is actually a lot higher than, you know, we actually felt he would go even before the season started. So he's in a really, really good place. Call me a homer, but it's not too far of a stretch at all. Right. I've been thinking on this for several days now and I have him going to the where y'all think I'm going. You know I had to go there. He's going number one overall. <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I had to keep you guessing. He's going to the Jacksonville Jaguars because Aiden Hutchinson can't be the number one guy. He, he was supposed to be. But when you get neutralized by Jamari Sawyer, which is projected to be a third-round tackle, what does that look like if you're in need of a, if you're a team in need of a, a franchise-changing talent? Also, Trayvon can do everything. He can fit multiple schemes. He can fit, he can do it all, right? We saw him, Juan, we saw him cover kickoffs as a freshman at near 300 pounds. We saw him cover Tank Bigsby out of the backfield, obviously one of the best uh, running backs in the country. We saw him rush the passer. We saw him drop back into coverage. Florida Gators know what we're talking about. We saw Bo Nix uh, creating Bo Nix nightmares, right? Boogeyman for Bo Nix, right? I'm telling you right now, Georgia showed his versatility in all aspects of the game, defense and special teams. If you're a fran- if you're a franchise and you need a, a, a changer, an impact player, you bank on his potential and his ceiling. His upside is limitless, in my opinion. Right? Four five at a two, you know, four five, that's receiver speed, and he's at 270 pounds. Do yeah. we need to go back to Bama and remember him chasing down a Jai Hall saving a touchdown? Do I have to show you? I'm not going to. But remember that in your head, okay? Two hundred seventy-two pounds moving at four five, a uh, four-five speed is is it's it's predator-like, right? It's predator-like. He's going number one overall. If I if if I'm if I'm the cons, I'm picking him overall, number one. Boom, simple as that. Next dog that we talk about, I'll hop in on this one. I have, I have Jordan Davis coming off next and I'll tell you a crazy spot that I think you'll fit really well in. And that's the Ravens. That's the Ravens. It's not my perfect fit, 
It's not the perfect fit. The perfect fit is 17 at the Chargers. But if you look at the Ravens, right, you've got Calais Campbell, bona fide star. You've got a sound defense run by Patrick Queen. Linebackers are good to go, right? Think about what Jordan Davis did when you have elite linebackers this past year. He eats bodies. He eats space. That's going to allow Patrick Queen to sit there and run and fill gaps, right? AFC North full of running backs. Hey, guys, uh, there's a dog in the AFC North, and I think his name is what? Uh, yeah, that's right, Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb running between the tackles, right? Get somebody that's going to stop the run and allow you to sit there and rush the passer. You've got Deshaun Watson there. You know, Lamar Jackson's obviously you ain't going to worry about that. But, you know, obviously Cleveland is going to be a problem with it now when you got Deshaun Watson. You got Pittsburgh's figuring out their quarterback situation. Cincinnati, uh, that's all right, Joe Burrow, right? Get to the running back, get to the quarterback. And I'm telling you right now, he slimmed down to 341 pounds and ran a 4.78. His combine showed me that he is a three down back, or not a three down back. Wow, there you go. Let me make it run like a back. Three down defensive lineman, okay? He played two downs at Georgia. When you're in third and long, put an extra pass rusher in, I get it. Him slimming down to 340 is going to get in, probably playing in the 330s. That's going to keep him on the field for three downs. That's why he's going to be an excellent fit at 14 for Baltimore. Juan, where do you have, where do you have him going? Jordan Davis, I have him going to Pittsburgh. I have him. I have him going to Pittsburgh. I, I see that as a as a as a better fit for them. Pittsburgh needs to get back to what Pittsburgh does, and that's just play physical defense. So if you sit there and think about it, those Pittsburgh, Baltimore Ravens, that's all they did was, you know, it was a smash mouth football game, but it was more uh, aimed towards the defense. I see this being a better fit for for Jordan Davis. And again, we had one of our top dogs be an, you know, an all time leading receiver at Pittsburgh, Heinz Ward. So why not just kind of continue that tradition and and have Jordan Davis actually just go up there and make a huge impact, uh, you know, for uh, for Pittsburgh. You know, listen, and when you look at the pro day, right, when you look at Georgia's pro day, obviously every team was there in attendance. Tomlin, Tomlin was on board for Davis, right? He was on board for Jordan Davis. He was all, he was loving him some Jordan Davis. Now my question to you is, right, if you're looking at the Chargers at 17, do you sit there and try to trade up Right, trade up to jump seventeen. Maybe the you know maybe it's the Eagles or whatever because they're multiple picks. Do you sit there and take that risk to maybe jump seventeen in the Chargers and pick them up if you're if you're Mike Tomlin and, and the GM in Pittsburgh? Do you do that? No, I I, I sit there. I, I I I'll wait for them. I'll wait for them. I, I don't think anybody else is going to jump up and, and and grab them just based off of their team needs. Um, you know, but but Jordan Davis is going to be a perfect fit for for Pittsburgh, and I don't think that they have anything to worry about. Look at you! All right, on now our next linebacker that I have at least coming off, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's Nicobe Dean to the Eagles. Right? You, you look at you look at the quarterbacks and the running backs there in the NFC East. Him in Philly would fit well, right? And, and there's a lot of talk about. Um, you know, N'Kobe Dean being undersized. Look, show me the tape. 
right? There was an undersized linebacker, if I'm not mistaken, coming into the, what is that, 2001 draft, I think it was, coming out of Miami. Um, you know, in that, in that era, right? With the Ravens. Yeah, it turns out to be one of the greatest linebackers of all time. Right? One of the things was his, his passion, his intensity, and his instincts, right? Those three right there, capital, cap, like basically capsulated Ray Lewis to be one of the greatest linebackers of all time. And I'm not comparing N'Kobe Dean to that. I'm just telling you that sometimes size doesn't always matter. When you have the instincts that N'Kobe Dean has and he possesses, and you pair that with his ability to run the ball sideline to sideline, that matters, especially in today. So I say this: I say the Eagles get a steal there with one of their first-round picks, uh, one of their first, or one of their first two uh, first-round picks. They're going to get a steal. One, you have Nakobe Dean <clears throat> behind that, and where do you have him going to? I have him going to the Bucks. I have him going to going to Tampa Bay. You know, uh, unfortunately for for Nakobe, he wasn't able to perform and do a lot of things that. Um, you know, at, at the combine. So, you know, kind of helped, you know, actually, you know, made him drop a little bit. But what you notice about N'Kobe Dean is his leadership ability. So the entire Georgia defense listened to him. He had that type of leadership. He had that type of command over the number one uh, defense in the nation, which was the uh, number one team in the nation at the end of the day. Who does that kind of remind you of if you were to look at a team leader offensively that happens to play with the Tampa Bay Bucks? And that's going to be Tom Brady. So Tom Brady has complete control over that offense. I could see N'Kobe Dean coming in with his leadership style and having complete control over that defense. And honestly, he's kind of a Bruce Arians type uh, uh, type guy, even though Bruce is not going to be there. But again, he just kind of fits the system. And I think that he's going to be a perfect pick for the Bucks at 20. Sorry, at 27. I'll tell you what, Rude's brought up the combination pairing of N'Kobe Dean and Devin White. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Look, that, would, that would be some <laughs> yes, stuff. Now, I'll tell you what, if, if obviously this is where we think we'll go, right? Now, obviously, we're not trying to do perfect fits. This is more so where we think they'll go. My perfect fit for, for uh, N'Kobe Dean. One of two. I can see them both ways. I see 21 with the Patriots, and I see 24 with the Cowboys. Just dirty. And I think I have to give a 1A, 1B. I'm going to give it to the Cowboys. I'm going to I'll tell you why. Michael Parsons, if you pair him with Nicobe Dean, it's over. It's, it, you're going to sit there and allow him to, you know, to fill gaps and be that field general that they need, right? Leighton Van Dresch is a great talent, but he's just not it, right? Injury-wise, things like that. And that's stuff you can't really predict. But get yourself into Kobe Dean, and he'll be able to sit there, and and, and I think he'll be able to potentialize – or not potentialize uh, – tap that potential for Micah. We already saw he's a rookie of the year last year. Just imagine what you do with a field general that te- you know, that's be able to sit there and bring out the best in everybody, right? Listen, we saw what happened in the national title game. Nicobe Dean – got on to Channing Tindall like nobody's business like like you and your mom when you get into a you know you do something wrong and your mom gets on to you real bad right and then you go out and you do better just to prove your point not nah, it was like that all season but I, that's the one that I remember is him getting scalded right like been in that situation before 
but he brings out the best in him because guess what? Next play, sack on third down. And mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? That right there, that leadership, you know, obviously the Blake Corum uh, rundown from sideline to sideline, that play right there shows you sideline to sideline speed. It shows you coverage. It, his tape shows you everything you need if you're a team looking for a first-round linebacker. And listen, you've got Devin Lloyd over in Utah, and in his own right, great linebacker. But to, in my opinion, I think you might see Devin Lloyd actually have hurt his stock just a slight bit because of him running the 40. 4-7 speed doesn't look that great. Nakobe doesn't touch the field, doesn't touch a 40. But you turn on the tape, you makes you forces you to turn on the tape. Mm-hmm. And then that's when your instincts, that's when your speed, your sideline to sideline, that's where everything is just wide open, right? Before we go on to the next one, if you don't remember this play, do yourself a favor and go back and watch it. Kentucky game, right? Roll out, Will Levis rolls out, turns around and throws it back to the running back that slipped out to the back with a screen. Guess who is the only, only Georgia defender there for that? Can you tell me one? Who was that? Kobe Dean. Yep. Broke up for a tackle for loss and stopped the touchdown because that was an absolute walk-in. Yeah. Absolute walk-in. That's instincts, my man. That's instincts. Okay? Turn that tape on. That's why he's going in the first round. That's why I got him going to the Eagles, and you've got him going to the Bucks. But – here we go with our next pick. Ready for this, guys? I've got De- – Juan, I'll let you go. I'll let you go with this one. Devontae Wyatt, where you got him going? I, I got him going 15 to the Eagles. Mm. Mm. I got him going 15 to the Eagles. Listen, the, the, mm. the Eagles, they have a great team. They are great offensively. You've got a great leader in, in, in their quarterback. Um and you've got Devontae Smith as a receiver. You've got great running backs. They just needed that missing piece on defense. And and I can see Wyatt just coming in there, filling that in right now, making an impact uh, very, very quickly. And if they can and, and just have a, just a couple of moving parts here on defense, you can actually see them going and challenging for a, a, a Super Bowl, Super Bowl ring. Yeah, now that you know, and, and his three down ability, right? His three down pass rush and run uh, combination, you know, his ability, he will go high in the draft, guys. He will not slip and fall like you would think. If he does, it's because teams either traded up or just something happened. <laughs> All right, something happened. I've got him going in the top 20, and I've got him going to the Saints. And if you're a Falcon fan, you're going to hate me for this, and I understand. <laughs> I understand. But. In the NFC South, you have Tom Brady, and then you have I don't even know who. You got Jameis Winston as your quarterback, could do better. Carolina, I don't. Even, I, they'll probably draft a quarterback at six. That's the sad part. And then the Falcons, well, you got Mariota, and they'll probably, be, in my opinion, be tanking for next year to try to get Bryce. Just saying. Listen, if you're the Saints, you have to feel confident that you're the second best team in the NFC South. So get yourself a three-down defensive linemen that can both pass, rush, and run block, right? And listen, I understand people people might knock him for being another guy, right, beside of Jordan Davis in the run game. He did just fine on his own, right? He did just fine on his own. 
there were several times that he could he got one-on-one situations. Boom, right? He's going to play the three-tech in, in the NFL, in my opinion. He plays three-tech in the NFL. If you side him over the edge, he's going to have he's going to give some fits. But give me interior three-tech, he's going to be an absolute problem for guards in the NFL. Just saying. Because he's also – you don't realize it, but, like, Jordan Davis makes him look so small. He is yeah. not a small man. <laughs> And he's actually got pretty decently length, like long arms, right? Give me, give me those arms against, give me a, give me those arms against an NFL guard. It's guards typically fall in because of their arm length or size, or athleticism. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare waiting to happen, especially in the NFC South, because you bolster your defense with Cam Jordan. You, you, that's another pass. You know, that's another defender to go with. The defense that they got, I'd be nervous if I was NFC South offensive lineman because we know they ain't that good to begin with outside of Tampa Bay. My man will eat as a yeah, rookie. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. If he obviously if he goes to the NFC South, right? Listen, my perfect fit for him though. Give me him in the give me the Bills. If he were to slide, give me the Bills. Cold weather. Listen, everybody knows. That, that AFC championship game between the, the the Bills and the Chiefs, all the Bills needed was a defender. That's it. Somebody to get to the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And it's over. It's over. If he falls out of the top 20, watch the Bills move up. Bills will move. I, I feel like they can move up because they need that, de- that interior defender. Move up to pick him. Right? Because if he falls out of 20, you don't want him to go to you don't want him to go to the Bill, uh the Patriots. That's for damn sure, even though I think they'll go receiver nonetheless, right? And you don't know what the Packers could do, right? Packers could could piss Aaron Rodgers off even more and pick another non-skill player like they've been doing since 02, right? But neither here nor there. My next pick, and hear me out on this. Give me Lewis, or not Lewis Give me George Pickens, surprise first-round pick to the Packers with their second first-round pick. That would be some insane shit. That's all I'm going to say. If if he goes to the – if he goes there, right, because you look at Aaron Rodgers and he needs that help, right? They let go of Devontae Adams, right? Fair. I get it. You need to draft a receiver. This is the year from 2 You need to stop that drought, draft a receiver. You sit there, take an offensive lineman or something like that right there with your first pick because there, there's some good there's some good offensive linemen there. This is a deep class. But take a give me a George Pickens to Aaron Rodgers combination. That'd be pretty insane. That'd be pretty insane. Well, if you now obviously I don't have him. I mean, he might fall to the second round, which I have him going to the second round, perhaps. Right? I think if he falls to the second round, it would not surprise me for the Falcons to try to get him depending on what they do at eight. The Falcons, I'm saying Falcons fans that are listening, y'all would love that. But we'll we'll stick with a bona fide first rounder. Juan, we both had this guy going to the same team. So I'm gonna let you start out with it. And that's Lewis scene. Where did where did we have him going? Uh, we, we had him going <clears throat> 30 uh, to Kansas City. And I, I just think that this was a perfect place for him to go. 
And, uh, and and he's my sleeper. I know that uh, Rude said that his sleeper was uh, George Pickens, but th- this is this is my sleeper. And and you just made the great point before. If if Kansas City, even though they were victorious, they did win the game. If they had any type of defense to stop the Bills from making that such a wild classic game, uh, you know, it would have been a completely different story. I think Scene goes and makes a huge impact early. He's smart. He fills the gaps. I mean, he's not afraid to hit you. And, uh, you know, just he's just great all around. I think he was very, very underrated uh, as a player. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's a huge, huge asset to either Kansas City or if, you, if he, you know, goes to the Bills, it doesn't even matter. I mean, he's going to be that type of an impact player. I'll tell you this. The Chiefs, are lo- the Chiefs could possibly be losing out on – um, Tyron Matthew, great safety in his own right. Why not replace him with another safety that's four that's four three speed and can hit like nobody else in this draft class from a safety standpoint? Kyle Hamilton, long gone at this point. Long gone at this point. None other. Listen, and you might question his coverage ability, but with four four three speed, there's ground to make up. Right. And listen, don't sit there and base your observation of Lewisine off of strictly Jamison Williams, because we all know that Jamo's speed, you're not going to see that in the NFL every day. World right? class. It's, it's world class. It, it, yeah, it's world class. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that, you, you know, he's got to prepare better for that. Right. We understand that. But his coverage will get better. And if you're un, if you're playing under Andy Reid, right, you're going to get developed. You're going to get developed. If, if I'm Lewisine, I'm sitting there licking my chops and hoping that they call me for a top 30 visit because if you go there, right, and hopefully they pick them. You know, I'm, I'm worried that they pick Petrie, right, which is more of a local prospect out of Baylor. But give me Lewisine because, my man, we saw him lay some – you know, talk to Kyle Pitts. Talk to Kyle Pitts about some hitting. Right? We saw it. <laughs> we saw it. I don't care if he threw the flag or not. That intimidates people. Juan, you're a former receiver. That intimidates people. That makes you second guess coming in. You hear footsteps. I have to believe that. Am oh, I yeah, right? Or, sure. or, or am I wrong? Oh, like, 100, 100%. If I see that hit, oh, it's a wrap. I'd be nervous. I'd be, I'd be scared as shit. Like, it's intimidating seeing those kind of hits. Like, he ain't going to get ejected in the NFL. Also, he's also not going to get targeted. He's not going to get called for that because he'll get developed. I know it's a bang-bang play to begin with. But when you get developed like that right there and you have the chance to master your craft, he's going he's going to lay lumber in the proper ways, not get flagged. He is going to be another, shall I say, what, LaRon Landry? I would love to say that. I think he has that potential, right? Yeah. Hit stick. Hit stick. Boy, is dirty. R.I.P. Or that was also Sean. No, sorry, that's Sean Taylor. My fault. My, I'm way off. My fault. Juan, yeah, yeah. We have five dogs. <laughs> we have five dogs going in the first round, right? Just night, night one alone, five dogs projected. Yep. Shatters. I would say shatters a draft record for Georgia in first round talent, right? Yep. If we if we come in Friday and we see that there's five dogs taken off the board, what can we take away from that instant instant takeaway? What would we take away? Well, first off, again, how good the team was. 
and just 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 how amazing that team and, and what they were able to accomplish. But the other thing, if I'm a recruit, I'm looking at that saying, wow, Georgia just broke a record and having five guys, possibly six. Again, you, you talk about Rudes. I mean, you know, Pickens is a, he, he could be a sleeper. You never know. You've got five or six guys. If I'm a recruit, I'm thinking to myself, wow, wow there's a great formula there that's going on. I want to be a part of it. I want my name called on that first round. Hey, I want to go to Georgia and get coached up by by the best in the nation. Man, that that's going to be huge for recruiting. I'll tell you this right now. If you want to look at it this way, there's going to be a sliver of this fan base that tell, that, that claims Jermaine Johnson as well, because he, in my opinion, he was developed at Georgia, yep. transfers to Florida State. And then bank, betting on himself, betting on himself, more than likely going to be a first round pick. Now, Florida State will probably claim him fair, right? I get it. But the development, right? If you look at his backstory, comes to comes from a JUCO, comes to, right, comes to Georgia, and that's where we really take off, right? And it's also crazy what you talked about, right? Before last season, he transfers to Florida State because he was like fifth in the rotation and. That's just mind-boggling, mind-boggling to fathom that you have an ACC Defensive Player of the Year transfer out of your program because he's that far down. That's just insane. He would have rotated in. We know it, right? We know this. But at the same time, you have when you have that team and you have that talent rotating in. Listen, and we're still we still got Nolan Smith. We still got Jalen Carter. That's the scary thing because next year we're built to do the same thing potentially, maybe to a slighter degree. Same thing, multiple first round picks. Yep. Just just to feel for it, right? Obviously, barring an injury or things like that, I'm just saying. You can see five dogs, four anywhere from four to six, in my opinion. I think you got four locks. Yep. Anywhere from four to six. Obviously, if you're one of those guys or one of those fans, seven with Jermaine, right? I get it. I'm just saying it will not surprise me if we go on here Friday and, you know, we're going to do some red and black horns, right? I would just say so because yes, this is unfamiliar. This is unfamiliar territory with Georgia, right? We're used to, you know, we're used to getting a lot of guys selected, but you're not used to four to six draft picks in the first round. It's unheard yeah, of. You're used to hearing about Alabama, the Alabamas and the Ohio States, you know, having that type of fortune. But here, here we are. Uh, it's, 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 a great, it's our great, time. Um, like it's our yeah. time to sit here and do that. Right. Absolutely. And obviously, and we'll talk more about this Friday, but kind of preluding into Friday's show, we're going to talk about the overall depth of this draft and what Georgia has to put into the NFL this year. Right. We're going to talk more about that. We've talked about the high, the high points, right. We're getting meat and potatoes afterwards because there's so much value, right. There's so much value in the next few rounds that Georgia can provide. You know, you look at guys. We didn't even touch. We didn't touch on Zeus. We didn't touch on uh, James Cook, right? Jamari Sawyer. Hey, you're projected number one overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson, neutralized by him. Remember, just saying, he can provide some value. Probably guard. Still, still, he did it at tackle. Just tells you what you need to know. Right. A ton of a ton of guys. We can sit there. Quay and Tyndall, right? just an overall abundance of talent that we're seeing pushed out. And I would like to believe that we can sustain it coming into this year. You're going to see yep. this Georgia team 
push out more talent next year. And guess what? It's a revolving door, revolving door. Now we need to sustain it and keep it consistent. Georgia's right up there where we need to be. Reload. Simple. Reload. So, hey, y'all, uh, just real quick, make sure you guys uh, give us a follow on Facebook, um, you know, for for sure. And I noticed that uh, it's Sanders' birthday uh, in a couple of days on, th- I think it's Thursday, something like that. So maybe that'll be a situation where you'll deny your and, uh, and, and pay more attention <laughs> to the draft than your actual birthday. So. Oh, man. I know how that feels. Yeah. But as always, one set, listen, go give us a follow. Give us a like on Facebook. Find us on Twitter at DDGD Podcast. Listen, you can find us, you can find anything about the show right down there at the bottom of this graphic here, DGDPodcast.com. Check that out. Got some exclusive interviews that we uh, that I sat down. A couple of North Carolina kids, Jamal Jarrett. I think we may know that name. And a kid that you really want to listen to, guys. Juan, he's a receiver. He's up here near McC- in McLeansville, near Greensboro. Barry Tate. Small guy, 5'9", 175, 180, 4'3", speed. Hmm. And he just went to a camp this weekend, and I shared it on Twitter. And I'm telling you, the boy can move. The boy can move. Uh, Coming to Georgia. I have to check that out. Hey, the brigade was hopping today. today for This is exciting when we have so much of this hopping. Uh, you know, so many people adding such such great things. I, I'm excited for Friday just to kind of talk about how well the dogs did. Uh, this is what, what what a great day. What a great day. Absolutely. Listen, you we've got the we've talked about the past. We've talked about the present and we're talking about the future to start the show. Now, that's now that is the show. That's the show. With that being said, though, guys, make sure make sure check out lots of rain. Use code DGD at checkout to get 10% off your purchase site-wide. Also, check out our Brigade uh, the Brigade Discord. Also, join the Patreon to get some exclusive content in regards to interviews and different uh, uh, intel, things like that right there. With that being said, have a great rest of your day. Stick around for Q&A, and go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks for listening to the DGD Podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to the DGD Podcast YouTube channel, where you can watch live Mondays and Fridays at noon Eastern. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the DGD Podcast. And check out the website at www.dgdpodcast.com.